Today, I'm pleased to welcome to our program Annette Houston, the Managing Director with FM Services Group in Ireland. I know we're here to talk about your company and some big news, but let's start with this. Tell us a little bit about what you do, where you're located, and what you'd like to share about the history of your company. We are based in a county called Donegal in Ireland. Um, we're based there, but we operate throughout Ireland, um, both north and south primarily in, in the south part of Ireland. Um, we are established coming up on 30 years next year. So as you can tell, I did not start the company. Um, <laughs> my mom and dad actually started the company back in 1994. Um, so I'm here since then, but I came into a management role in kind of 99, 2000, and I became a director of the company in 2006. So um, we've seen... A lot of change in our company in that time. Um, Perfect. Now, I understand we're here for a specific reason. Thank you for the details. But FM Services Group is the very first company in Europe to obtain the SIMS GB Advanced by GBAC certification. Is that correct? We are, yes. Yeah. Tell us about that, the process and what that means to you. Well, I suppose I first came across Sims when I went to the ISSA convention in America in 2017, I believe it was, was the first time. Um, and I remember we had just gone through ISO 14000, which is an, the environmental um, standard. And we had ambitions to go for the safety standard and the quality standard. So I thought, well, when we get all these, SIMS will be an easy bolt on, or so I thought. Uh, it took me a long time to get the SIMS one. We managed to get the ISO ones in 2018, um, but SIMS was a very different animal for us, um, and in a good way. It really, it wasn't necessarily a compliance exercise, and it's a folder that sits on the shelf. SIMS fundamentally changed how we run our business so it helped us to streamline the information that goes to each site uh, the information that we hold and process for our clients for our staff um, it encourages us to perform um, client feedback and staff feedback so it's it's really helped us run a better business and definitely we found that going through the process ourselves. So I, I trained in 2019 um, as a, a SIMS expert. Um, and then we we made the decision to go through the process and do the work ourselves to not bring in a, um, a consultant to help us to put all the plans together and processes together. We thought if we actually do what we're already doing, we knew that we had a lot of the things in place because we had ISO. But if we understood it and if we did it ourselves, we would understand it and live it better every day. So that's what we chose to do. So it took us a little bit longer than if we had brought a consultant in, but um, we definitely got company-wide far better learning from the process by doing it ourselves. So yeah, we we initially qualified for the the old standard or the 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 previous standard in 2021 um, and then we were the first company to to go through the revised standard with the GBAC enhancements uh, back in July there so we were thrilled. Well congratulations on that accomplishment and I love the fact that you 
you went through the process yourself, you got it done. And what you learned was amazing. Now, my next question is this, what does this mean for your staff? How do they feel about all of this in the process? Um, initially, I suppose when we went through Sims the first time, um, we we found it quite challenging to, to gather up all of the information and all of the processes and procedures. And when we did the gap analysis, so when you go through the Sims process initially, you can mark yourself off against the, the checklist. So we use that as a gap analysis to see where do we do really well and what things are we kind of not so good on. Um, and there was an awful lot of work. That was what was time consuming as it helped us identify, well, while we thought we were really good there, but actually, you know, there's sites that don't have any work plans because they were taken on 25 years ago. And it was just, it's been handed down from one team member to the other and there's no documentation around that site. So getting all of those ducks in a row really were the time consuming bit. Um, so for the team that were involved, we had quite a large team involved in getting Sims the first time round. Uh, they probably wanted to string me up, if I'm being honest, because they were uh, that's like, what I wanted, the honesty, the honesty. Yeah. Is they were like, why, why are you doing this to us? We've just gone through three ISO audits and mm -hmm. now you're adding another one in. But I knew that because of, because what I had, because of what I had learned on the ICE program and I could see the, the benefit of going through it ourselves and not bringing somebody else in, I wanted us to get the learning from it. It was a company wide education exercise. Um, so getting it the, the second time round, um, even with the enhancements and stuff, it was an awful lot easier, obviously, because we we were bolting on to something that we had already built. Um, we had also done the GBAC training. Quite a few of us had gone through the GBAC training at the beginning of COVID. I think that training came out in March 2020, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, so we had all our policies and procedures aligned with that. Anyway, we used that as the basis for getting our own infection prevention and and processes in place um so i they they were celebrating as every but as much as i was at the end of it all but yeah they did they found it challenging um you know and particularly on site the the operatives and the team leaders and supervisors on site when the audits came around and they were getting ready to to actually have the auditor visit the site. Um, it was a, a much more stressful experience than our own internal audits. We we carry out internal audits on a lot of our sites on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, but they're our own team members that do that. Um, sometimes you might have the client present, but this was you know somebody who was very well established in the industry and they knew the standard was going to be extremely high. Um, so they were afraid they were going to mess up or were they going to say something that was wrong or, you know, so there was Difficult a lot fears. of fears. Yeah. So we, we tried to help alleviate that by, we put everybody that was involved in the audit process. So all the, the team leads and site um, operatives into like a WhatsApp group and we gave them training and we kind of went, went through the process of what would be checked on the audit. Um, what kind of things, would they have to be able to answer things around their training um, about the the work plans on site? How are they accessed? 
in the event that somebody's out sick and there's a cover person and how do they know what to do? You know, all of those things that they do do every day of the week. But when they're faced with the prospect of an auditor coming for a day, they're like, oh, my God, oh, goodness, what am I going to do? Yeah. But actually, they're doing it every day of the week. And we find that providing that training for them and actually saying having a session like this, a Zoom session where we we went through what the audit may look like. Um, these are the kind of things that potentially are going to get asked. And we did the same for our clients. So we we advised them, you're going to get an interview from this auditor. Um, these are the things that they might ask. We want you to be completely honest. We don't want you telling the auditor what you think um, the auditor wants to hear. This helps us improve. Um, so please give them the honest feedback. You know, thankfully it was it was all good. Or we think it was all good anyway because we passed. But yeah, um, yeah. How many staffers do you have? One eighty. Yeah. So all of them on board learned the process, went through the audit system, and your clients. That must have meant a lot to them to know you were doing this, that you were putting your staff through a process, and including the clients, getting their feedback. That must really solidify your your contracts. It does. I suppose one of the the really nice things out of this um, is the fact that they can display the the green building accreditation um, as well because they've gone through the audit. You know, they can share in that. That's been something that initially I I wasn't aware of, um, but through the audit process that has been clarified for us that the buildings that go through the audit process can share that on the site. Since COVID, there's been a reluctance in some parts to for people to come back to the office full time, you know, um, and companies are doing everything that they can to try and, 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 and encourage people to come back in to enhance people's sense of um, safety when they come back on site. So being able to um, ensure and rubber stamp for our big buildings that they have a, a contractor on site that's doing everything safely, that's working to these globally recognized standards um, and that their buildings are exceptionally clean and exceptionally safe. That is, is helping um, our end users, our clients, um, to encourage people to come back in. So I think definitely as we we try and come back from full-time remote working to hybrid to maybe we're leaning towards trying to get people back in the office um, on a more full-time basis, I think these things inevitably will um, come to the fore and, and hopefully we'll see more companies taking um, standards like this and trying to make sure that they're Buildings are 100% for their teams. Absolutely. Others watching this, Annette, mm -hmm. building service contractors might wonder, uh, what will this do for growth for a company? So such as yourself, when you think about all you've been through and the future, how does that look? Um, I suppose these, these things are all there to help us to be better contractors to be to be better at what we do and it's a really competitive market space and i know like for ourselves we're quite a small company we don't um we don't 
have the scale of workforces that some have. But at the same time, we have different advantages. So I think given the the focus at the minute on sustainability and making sure that companies are working to the the most enhanced standards that they can. Um, we find that having this standard and being able to to share that with customers when we're bidding for work, um, we're we're very hopeful that that will um, allow us to obtain bigger contracts, um, contracts that are not so focused on price and a race to the bottom, but focused on ensuring that their contractors are doing everything they can to provide the best service they can to provide the best terms and conditions for their team and to do things right by the environment. Um, it's something that's common to pass here in the European Union um, where our procurement, government procurement um, will all be weighted around the sustainability and environmental aspects. So typically they would have used a most economically advantageous method of scoring tenders. So that would have been price, service delivery, etc. Now there's up to a 30% weighting in some circumstances for sustainability. So things like having our green building or Sims green building accreditation goes a huge way to actually achieving those maximum marks of 30%. Um, and that has a huge impact on the type of work that we can win because you're winning work that's aligned with the company values. You know, we're, we don't necessarily want to be the largest employer out there, but we want to provide the best um, terms and conditions for our team. We want to provide the best service we can for our sites and we want to keep our buildings and the occupants of those buildings as safe as we can. Um, and that's, I suppose, that's our um values and our culture and sims definitely aligns with that and it helps us to achieve that on a consistent basis what would you like to see next from your sim certification um i suppose again my first exposure to sims was in the united states and i know that from a procure government procurement perspective there it's um it's much more weight weighted there I think in a lot of circumstances, it, it's mandatory for government procurement um, in a lot of states. So I would like to see something like that coming in here in the European Union and in Europe, uh, where we have much more regulation around the type of companies that can bid for government work. Um, we we often see and wonder when we we watch companies getting awarded work, how did that happen or why did we not get that work or etc so um it would be great to see like an internationally recognized standard across the sector um where there's a minimum requirement um for people to be able to bid for large work um so i would like to see a lot more companies taking up the certification and having it more widely recognized within europe so my last question is, let's say you're at an industry event, like I used to say, show North America, mm -hmm. and you're sitting down talking to one of your peers over a cup of coffee. Or if you're in Ireland, I guess it'd be over a Guinness, correct? 
I don't know. Probably more likely to be a coffee for me, but yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you tell them about Sims if they should do it or not? What would you say? If they're considering doing it, I would say definitely do it. Without a doubt, stop thinking about it and do it. The advantages for your business are um, very vast. I would also advise that if you can, to get a team in-house that can help you navigate it. And I would I would consider if you do have to bring in a consultant, bring them in towards maybe the very, very beginning to give some sort of guidance, but let your team do it. Let your team find what processes already exist within your company. Maybe they're not documented, but find out what happens already and how compliant is that. Um, and then you might just have to tweak something that's already in existence widely within your organization rather than having to reinvent the wheel. You know, if somebody comes in with no knowledge of your company, no knowledge of your team and how you do things, it's very easy sometimes for somebody to come in and and say, well, here's a policy and a procedure. Let's follow that. But that might not work, you know, at a, at a grassroots level within an organization. So I I would definitely encourage people to get some people trained in the ICE standard um, and get them to lead the the charge and get them to go through the process and then if you need to bring a consultant in at the end again to you know rubber stamp everything that's that's fine but the learning is in the doing 